0: Welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast, where we talk about sales, mindset, and sales success. What's our question today? The question of the day is, how
1: can we use psychology in sales?
0: Mm. So that's a big question, and it's a big question because there's a lot of psychology that gets used from communication mm. to actual you know, psychological tricks, if you will. Sure. So I think today I'll focus on I'm going to call them tools of influence. I've heard them called weapons of influence Mm -hmm. from a gentleman, uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini, Mm -hmm. who discussed them. They can be used to manipulate. And I want to start off by saying that they should not be used to manipulate. when it comes to anything I do at sales. It should be about building relationships. And so in terms of the influence, you want to use these to build the influence. And when it comes to manipulate, you don't want to do something that's against their best interests. Yeah. Uh, or something that you don't think that they would really want to do. Mm-hmm. So I want to start off with that caveat because we don't want to be that that creepy salesperson. However, I will probably talk about my experience with some of these things when it comes to car dealer. And and yeah, I've the most noble it, trade. Yeah, and, and it's it's where I see it used the most. I've seen yeah. it used in other areas as well. But Cialdini has these tools of influence that he talks about. We've got reciprocity, we've got authority. Which, yeah, you use that in sales too. Uh, reciprocity, authority. We've got liking. We've got scarcity. Mm-hmm. And by the end of this podcast, I'll remember the rest of them. But there's five or six that he specifically talks about that you'll see salespeople use. Uh, consistency and commitment is another is is the other one um, to affect a sale to affect a sale. And so I want to start with the one that's probably used the most, which is reciprocity. Yeah. Uh, and we will balance that out with liking. So reciprocity is the idea. It, it's this idea of reciprocity that if I give you something, that you are hardwired Thanks. You're uh, yeah. to give something back to me. And it's leveraged in a number of different ways in sales. So this is not branded or anything yeah. like that. This is actually one of the tools we use here uh, or that I use here to move data around. But there's a lot of free stuff that salespeople will give away in order to start creating that, that yeah. reciprocity. So much so that companies, I think Walmart's one of them, might ban you from receiving anything. And so you'll have a vendor code of conduct that says if you're a vendor, you're not supposed to give our people anything. And of course, the employee code of conduct will say, do not accept gifts, any gifts whatsoever, even if it's a pen yeah. from a vendor. You push that out, mm-hmm. you've got dinners. Now, the problem is dinners are leveraging both reciprocity and liking and what it is is that it was discovered that as you're doing something similar with another person that creates liking yeah yeah so even if you split the bill evenly you still have that situation where you're doing something similar yeah so but if you don't split the bill now you've got that double impact Mm -hmm. which is why a lot of codes will also say what your largest meal that you're allowed to receive happens to be or give happens to be. Another area that reciprocity can be leveraged or used is in negotiations. Mm -hmm. And so in negotiations, there's this idea of door in the face to some degree. And I might come in at, say, I might want to come in at Mm $1,000. And I know you're going to want to negotiate down yeah. So I might come in at $5,000. And so now I've anchored you. So that's another. Yeah. Thing that we'll talk about sometimes. I've anchored you out there. And so you're like, you may come in and say, well, hell no. Yeah. And you're going to come down to say $2,000 or $800. And now I can actually get you to $1,000. with. Whereas if I came in at even $1,200. Yeah. And there's a give and take to that. So I might hmm. say, oh, okay, I'll come down to your level yeah donald trump love or, or hate him yeah i <laughs> used this early in his tenure as president mm-hmm. and one of the things he did and i knew exactly what he did when he did it it was something related to immigration like i don't remember the exact bill but i remember he came out so far right and extreme on it yeah that to just come in with what would normally be considered a, a regular republican con- uh, proposal, yeah, was him giving up a lot on it, yeah, and it worked. Mm. And it worked incredibly well. And again, this is not an endorsement of it. It's just an analysis yeah. of it. Just because I know bringing up Trump can sometimes be controversial, yeah. and it's
1: also not to say it's always the most ethical thing right. to be doing, right? But it worked for him,
0: and yeah, they, they, where they came in was probably where he wanted to be, yeah, with that particular policy because he was like, okay, I'll give you into this, yeah, and it's, it. it Pol- politicians use that all the time. Both sides of the pol- political mm-hmm. fence. I imagine that's a constant war
1: in Congress, pushing ideas and trading ideas and opening harder than what you need to.
0: Yeah, and you'll see that in in business negotiation as well. And that's where Trump came out of.
1: Sure, sure. So in that case, you're giving up a little bit of what theoretically giving up a little bit of what you need so there's almost like a perceived added value to the deal like kind of like normalizing to a place that is better for both parties not always the most ethical in fact i would almost say rarely the most ethical thing in a what's supposed to be a an extended transaction especially that being said on the flip side of things you're going to have to argue for your own needs if you are undercut mm-hmm. in some respect and i really like this concept i think we talked about it in the course that I took with you a couple of years ago but the concept of saving face mm-hmm. and negotiations where you can't just if you if, if you intend on having an extended relationship you can't just super win every negotiation
0: no you're right you're right yeah
1: and and that's a that's a really big concept that is less rooted in business and more in just personal politics in relationship building mm-hmm. where no one's gonna like you if you just you know you you beat the crap out of them in a, in a deal yeah. it's we're dealing and I'm going to give you some of what you need or I'm going to give you a way where even though you didn't come in with what you want, you didn't come out with what you wanted, you at least have the ability to save face on the deal where you're still walking away with value. Yeah.
0: So some of the other tools that tend to be used, I mentioned liking mm-hmm. and that's what we build rapport for, right? And there's generally nothing wrong with creating that liking except when it's done in a fake manner. Yeah, yeah. So my, my car dealer example for... For reciprocity, he would constantly say, Don't tell my boss that I'm done <laughs> telling you this. Yeah. That yeah. was a way of saying, I'm putting myself on the line here. Yeah. So you need to give me something back. Yeah. The the liking portion of this, what he did is I mentioned my father was Marine mm-hmm. and or was in the Marines, always a Marine, right? And of course he's like, Oh, I was as well no fucking way he was, yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by his gate. Yeah, I think we've talked about this as well, right? Yeah. And so, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and here's the thing: I took my dad car shopping before uh-huh. um stuff happened, and he he didn't believe me when I said that they were going to do that. That as soon as he mentioned that he needs uh, a certain type of storage for his McMarine Corps League activities, yeah, that. They're gonna bring up that they were in the service. He's like, No, they're not. I'm like, You watch. First car dealer we went after I told him that. Oh uh-huh. exactly what happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Marine Corps Like, oh, you were in the Marines? I was in the service too. And this guy, really good at on Valor because he was really good about talking yeah, yeah. about what it was like. And afterwards I was like, Was he legitimate? He's like, No. Yeah. I was like, He yeah. talked a good game. He's like, Yeah, but no. Wow. So the, the It's such a risky thing to do as well.
1: Like, I feel like it's 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 more likely than not that you're gonna get Okay. Found cool. that. Yeah, yeah. That's so strange. That's such a strange one. Mm. Especially to cling to a fabrication that you're talking to effectively an expert on the matter. It just seems like such a silly thing to do. It's so short-sighted.
0: Yeah. Well, and a lot of people do it, too. Yeah. It's like if, if I were to go out and talk to a, a potential prospect, client, Yeah. and they like golf, and I say, oh, I love golf, too. Mm. I, I, I can't even stand the idea of going to play golf yeah and the the my ability to fake that is not yeah going to go well for me you you you're going to you're going to lose if questioned in any capacity right same yeah. way if you flipped it and i was dealing with someone who said oh i love running uh-huh. i'm like oh wow there's going to be a point in time that's going to i'm gonna like i'm gonna ask questions like do you really run yeah yeah so, it sounds more like you, you huff and puff up a flatus, yeah. Uh <laughs> as opposed to this or camping or, or any yeah yeah any various activities that I absolutely love. The things that you share. Yeah, exactly. So, so again, you can use liking to create rapport, but you've got to do it carefully. Mm-hmm. Scarcity is a big one. Yeah. Scarcity is a big one. Again, a car dealer did this to me as well. Mm. Well, if you don't buy this now, it's not going to be on the lot when you come back. Yeah. And- if there's a situation where it legitimately is happening, that's fine. Now mm-hmm. you're not manipulating, you're just telling the truth. Yeah. And you want this customer to have it. Uh this deal is going away. If the deal's not actually going away, now you're being manipulative. If it actually is going away, you're yeah. telling the truth, right? Uh so scarcity is this situation that we desire something that is in short supply. Mm-hmm. And so anytime a salesperson comes out and says there's going to be less of this you need to pick it up now yeah they're trying to manipulate you
1: there's actually uh there's something that i've I've put a lot of thought into this like being on the other side of it when i was my car is a used car and i did a lot of hunting before i ended up picking it out i got it on craigslist or facebook marketplace i don't remember what before we did the whole handoff ever since then i've looked into kind of the industry a lot uh, selling used cars money the buy from an individual so it's a little bit different but car dealerships and stuff like that i think that there are two primary powers that you have as a buyer in those acute sales transactions and i think it is the power to walk away and the power to buy right now and it's like this card that you can play there's also this third power which is understand the industry as much as possible so you know where you can cut them down mm-hmm. but that being said, you have the ability to not purchase when they want you to. And also, if they think that they're going to get a sale right now, then they are more likely to make exceptions for you. And I, I think that that's one of the key things where if you go in with all of your ducks in a row, you do a lot of research beforehand, you understand the industry, you know, that's the car that you want and you know uh, like how much you're willing to pay for it. You have a lot more power. Mm-hmm. That is shifting the the power balance more centralized or more in your favor than the alternative. So instead of going in and being shown a bunch of different cars by somebody by from an expert, maybe maybe that can be for the best if you're dealing with the right person. Mm-hmm. But if you're not and they're trying to get the most money out of you possible, it's no, I want this car mm-hmm. and I, I I want to pay this much and they're like, no, sorry, I can't do that much.
0: Like, All right, well, that's fine. Yeah, and then and then you're able to walk away. So that's uh, called Tribatna in mm-hmm. Harvard negotiation. Yeah. And that's your best alternative to negotiated agreement. If you have a good BATNA, your your power is increased because you can just, again, walk away, like yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. The, the salesperson side of that, if you're trying to defend yourself, is to weaken someone's BATNA. Yeah, in yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Uh, so if you're going to do that the salesperson said are you sure your current car is going to last yeah <laughs> right yeah that, that would be too weak to an attempt to weaken that person yeah sure uh but even the i've got money now you could have a sale right now all mm-hmm. you have to do is accept whatever i happen to be offering yeah yeah that makes
1: sense um we're kind of going off on a little bit of it that was a tangent so yeah let's we can but, bring it back yeah uh well i'm saying i want to go even further on a tangent so oh. well, let's finish the topic okay. I, I just yep. thought of something on that negotiation front but well, there there was one more topic I think we should cover our linear oh. topics, and we'll come back. Uh, so there's authority. This
0: is a harder one to to uh, leverage, but it's just the idea that someone in authority is telling you that this is the right thing to do. That's yeah. more in advertising than it is mm-hmm. in sales. There's the commitment and consistency. And any time a salesperson is getting you to say, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. We're using trial closes. Yeah. That is leveraging commitment and consistency. The yes ladder. Yeah. Um, and yes. Uh, there's also similarity. And that's related closely to that liking aspect of mm. things. But additionally, there's this idea of any time someone creates this idea that everyone else is doing it. Mm. And so whenever a salesperson says everyone else is doing it or they try to use a uh, very tricky, your neighbor, John, said that you were going to like this or your neighbor, John, bought this. Yeah, They're trying to get you to go with the crowd. And that's another segment yeah, yeah. that people can use mm-hmm. or that salespeople can use to kind of push you into mm-hmm. a sale that, may not necessarily be right for you. Yeah, that's actually really...
1: There's been a lot of advertisements on YouTube Shorts specifically. I've seen them where they there's these entrepreneurial, almost blue-collar-esque jobs like washing windows and specifically power washing mm-hmm. where these guys, they, they'll start their business and they'll record themselves doing power washing and upload it to YouTube and, and YouTube seen Shorts. Those. And I think it's ingenious. It's actually, in my opinion, one of the most genius business strategies i have ever seen it's it's so good is they'll go up to houses and they'll offer to do it for free because they have the youtube adsense Mm -hmm. to take care of it and also and what they said in one of the videos is they'll often go to the neighbor's houses and they'll say hey we're gonna be power washing for the next couple hours just as a heads up so if you hear some loud noises you see us doing something we're doing this that and the other if you have any issues give me a call and now they've handed their, yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's crazy. It's such a good marketing strategy because it's almost that similarity thing. Or uh,
0: rather, what, what was the, the topic? I, I don't, or I'm, I'm liking on the term. Uh uh-huh. I don't have a cheat sheet when I do this. So sometimes yeah. I like on terms. But it's basically this idea that if everyone else is doing it, you should do it as well. So your mm-hmm. neighbors are doing it. So it's a test. Yeah, yeah. Endorsement—they don't know they—they they didn't pay. Then yeah, they just said you're doing it for free mm-hmm. or, or whatever it happens to be, or if you're actually paid to do it. Yeah, you're going around and and uh, ostensibly apologizing. Yeah, but realistically, you're saying this is me. I'm doing work. Your neighbor hired me. Yeah, hired me too.
1: And not only that, you have knocked on their door with a reason. You stepped into their guard. You almost skipped that whole phase of the sale. They have your contact information. And then they'll ask their neighbor, like, "Hey, did they do a good job?" Mm-hmm. And you've just power
0: engine. they don't and even need to ask if they've done a good job. They can just look. It. yeah. And I've been seeing it with—I've seen it with power washing. I also see it with um, lawn mm-hmm. care. Yep, and yep. they're strangely relaxing videos. They're—they're so they're awesome. Well, yeah, yeah they some of those like aw- uh, oddly
1: satisfying clips mm-hmm. where you know, they'll mow the lawn, they'll trim the hedges and whatnot, and make the house look like a million bucks. Yeah, I think it's such a good idea. I've also seen a lot of. Carpet repair as well, yeah. Or that's another big one.
0: I think there's like only one or two like big guys that are doing that. The but. carpet repair is weird. I don't understand how carpets get that dirty, but yeah, I really, it is what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, look for them out on YouTube. But the problem is, it's going to be on your YouTube feed forever now. Mm. What was your
1: tangent that you wanted to? Talk so about? the tangent was actually kind of walking it back. It popped in my head on the um, liking and reciprocity. It was just the story we we had briefly talked about it off camera. The situation with Cindy B Goods. The mm little diner here in Gainesville mm-hmm. where we uh I used to live in the same neighborhood as uh, as this diner when I was in college and me and my roommates it was we, we went up there just to stop in because it was the weirdest at the time it was a very strangely located thing now that neighborhood started to see a lot more development so it makes a little bit more sense that it's sitting there but it was just on the corner of two residential streets mm-hmm. this little diner and it was run by it's run by two uh you know middle-aged slightly older women they they call themselves uh our gainesville grandmas <laughs> so uh, i i have a pretty good relationship with them now i go in there pretty regularly just to even say hi maybe get food maybe not just like swing by on my way home from work and just say hi you'll be like oh my god brian it's so good to see you and she'll give me a hug and i've learned so much about these people i've went in there and asked for help because one of them used to be a realtor and i'm in real estate as well so I just asked for some advice and, and some help and whatnot and they like to give Wonderful, unsolicited advice about my love life as well, but (laughs) it's it's still fun in its own right. The other day, I got a text message from one of the owners that was saying, hey, there's a reporter that's coming in today to do a story on our expansion into the neighboring suite. Would you want to be interviewed as like a regular customer? Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. So I I drive right over there. I just take my lunch break right then and there at work, and I I drive over there to be interviewed. And I ended up being there for over an hour because there was actually something I wanted to talk to her about as well. So I did the interview and after the reporter left, sat down and I talked to the owner, Cheryl, and I was saying, hey, at at the brokerage that I work at, uh, we want to do a cross promotion thing with you guys where we offer a coupon for maybe some of the stuff in your store for the tenants that live in houses in the neighborhood nearby because we have a lot of homes in the neighborhood that this belongs or that the diner is located. And she was super open to it. And it wasn't even a, oh, pay me X amount of money or I'll pay you X amount of money. It's just we'll set up a sort of requirement that anybody tries to claim it has to be following both of us on social media. It's just a cross promotion thing. It gets them some exposure as a small business in the neighborhood, gets us some exposure on social media for connecting with them. And it's ideally going to be a long term relationship where we can offer, you know, coupons for their food or their treats and whatnot for a certain maybe amount of money that we pay them. And in the, at the same time, I spent my time doing a business card for them just with my expertise, just free of charge. And I think it comes down to that likability thing where it was this, this really interesting lesson I feel like I learned where it really feels like the most fruitful deals that you'll make are going to be with friends over drinks or friends in a, in a little diner, as opposed to a scheduled business call yeah. that you go in for. It's, I love them. They're some of the nicest people in the world, and they like me. I'm like, oh well. Would you? I wanted to do this cross promotion thing. Do you want to sit down? He's like, oh, absolutely. We'd love to get involved. Yeah. And it's a whole other level of stability in the business relationship.
0: Well, people only want to do business with people they like, Mm -hmm. people that they're friends with. Exactly. Friends with. Yeah. And I think that's important to note. And and you still have to do your cold calling. Yeah. You nurture those relationships. Yep. In such a way that you're pushing them to be. I'm thinking challenger sale here. You're pushing them to. To really do the right thing for their business, not yeah, um, not always giving them discounts, but essentially working to make sure that both your businesses are thriving. Yeah, and, and it, sometimes it isn't about the exchange of money. It really is that
1: quid pro quo or, or leaning on the friendship, where mm-hmm. it's oh, I'll do this for you if you if you do this for me. Yeah, and it's not even a conditional like I will only do this for you if you do this yeah. for me. It's I you. That's just what you do right. because we're friends and we're both running businesses that we respect each
0: other's. Absolutely, yeah. So there you go. There's a little psychology in terms of your sales. Uh, it really does come down to we are social animals, and we okay. do a lot of things based on that. Brian, any final thoughts? No. No. <laughs> I am a social animal, though. Okay. That's, there, there we go. Ditto, actually. We'll see you next time.